he is a big-time Jet fan, Kevin James. I was a running back in high school is that and right? college. This is when you realize the dream is kind of over. When you suck <laughs> at Division Three football. I think this podcast needs more cowbell. Will Ferrell. I also ran into John Elway in the bathroom. Could have, he could have given me a forearm shipper there. <laughs> Could have rammed my head. Larry David. No question I could be an offensive coordinator. Remember the Dan Marino play against the, the Jets? Fake spike. The fake spike? I had that years before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, week two, week two, a second week of Back to Football, an actual second full business week of the National Football League, and we are here to celebrate it. Good Lord, what a long, long lockout it was. Week one was so filled with information that within 20 minutes of the podcast taping last week, Ocho Cinco got traded and dated the whole darn thing. And and we're going to be talking quite a bit about all the moves that happened in the last week. Jason Bateman, his movie The Change-Up, coming out in theaters near you this weekend. He will join the podcast. Uh, Hank Azaria, his film... Smurfs crushed it this weekend, the number one film in America. Uh, he's a big Jet fan, no doubt psyched that Plex signed with them, and we'll talk about all that with Hank Azaria. But first things first, the voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, five-time Emmy Award winner, and that doesn't include the Lifetime Achievement Award that he received at this year's Sports Emmys, the one and only Al Michaels. Good to see you here, Al. Don't you want to talk about the CBA? Don't you want to talk you about some other clauses that you haven't covered over I'm the last five that. months? I'm done with that. So am I. Never again. Right? I told you there was only one winner at the end of the day because the, the players or the owners could contend that they won mm-hmm. by, in essence, an overtime field goal. But the lawyers <laughs> won the game 71 game, to nothing. Game, set, and match. Game, right. I mean, the billable hours. How many? Could you, want to, you want to put a price tag on the billable hours, Al? No, on that one? but I it, mean, it has to be a gross national product of well, some small nine nation. figures, right? Which is over $100 million, obviously. I so mean, for the, entirety, for the entirety oh, of, of course, this thing. Of course. And still going. It is true. Of course. I know. At uh, year eight, you'll be in the, of the CBA, you'll be in the booth, and you'll turn to Chris and say they're they're close, but still there's work left to be done on Chris, the CBA. Chris went to law school, and then he went to do announcing, so it cost them, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. We talked about this moments ago off there. Might as well talk about it on the air. Uh, in, in, uh, he was on the podcast a few weeks ago, because he's on, he's on Twitter. He was right. like Chicken Little. Sky is falling. We're going to go deep into October, November. I'm taking a job at my local high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, was he on the phone with you? Were you chatting throughout the lockout and talking him off the ledge? What were you, what was I, that you like? Know, Chris, I love Chris. He's, he's a fantastic partner. Rolls Royce. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I had John Madden for seven years and, and then I have Chris and I'm, it's like winning the lottery back to back. Uh, sometimes I think Chris was doing that because he felt it, the, the more negative he would get, the better chance we'd have a positive ending to this. He was so psyching himself. He was psyching himself at it. It's like if you fear the worst. I mean, you might as well just fear the end of the world yeah. because anything else will will be will be good in comparison to to your worst fears. He was pre cauterizing the wound. He, that's exactly pretty very much. Good. I'm going to have to. I'm going to open Use with that, that on our first Please Thursday night that. game. Please do. But the bottom line is, it's the thing of the past. The only way I guess we'll still be talking about it is, is if play's a little choppy. Weeks one, two, three. If we see 
offenses really rusty because they usually are behind the defenses anyway in any regular season. But that I think that's the only way we'll be talking about this later on the fall. Maybe, but even so, Rich, I mean, you, you every week you, you have 16 games, so a couple of games are played at the very highest level, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of games are okay, and then there are three or four games that are always sloppy anyway. Mm-hmm. So no matter what had happened, had there not been this issue, uh, there would have been those games. And now people will say, well, you know why? Because they didn't have training camp. I'm not buying into that. I think the, I think the teams are going to be ready. Fantastic. So let's talk about some of the moves that were made already. Everybody's already putting the crown on Philadelphia in the NFC because of what they did. Namdi, uh, they went ahead and got Colin Jenkins, the Vince Young to back up. Uh, Michael Vick, if, if everything works out for Philadelphia, they won't even see Vince Young for even a snap on the field. Do you think Philadelphia just zoomed past the defending world champs in this past week? I'm not sure about that. I think that they made the biggest splash. They made a big splash. New England made a, a big splash they when did. you signed Hainsworth and Ocho Cinco. I mean, those are marquee names. And, and and people say, wow, you know, these guys went out and, and, and look look what they did. Now, the Osama thing, obviously that was big. We'll see what happens to Asante Samuel down the line. I mean, they've got Rodgers, Cromartie, so obviously they shored up the defense. New defensive coordinator comes in for Andy Reid. I think the key thing for Philadelphia is going to be, you know, to keep Michael Vick healthy. I mean, we keep forgetting about that, the way he plays the game, and it happened last year. I mean, if he goes out early... It's a whole other situation because, look, if Vince Young was the guy, he'd still be the guy in Tennessee, but he's not. He's a backup. So I think it all depends on the health of the quarterback. If your quarterback, especially in that particular case, stays healthy, it's one thing. If he doesn't, it's another thing. But the one thing about Philadelphia that I'll say through the years, and I know their fans are as frustrated as any fan base in America (laughs) because they still haven't won the Lombardi Trophy. And every year they're the second or third or fifth best team. But they've been there year after year after year after year. I mean, they're always contending. In the mix. They're all, and and, and, and they're, they always try to make that team better. And, you know, with, with Jeff Lurie there, and, and, and he's put together a tremendous operation. And, you know, to me, you know, one of the model franchises is the New England Patriots and the way Bob Kraft has run that organization. So I'm not surprised that those two teams went out there always trying to make themselves better. Now, are they better than Green Bay at this point? I don't know. Look, what the Packers did last year, we all know, was tremendous. And not only that, they did that with a number of very significant Injuries. Well, their their moves are going to essentially be to get everybody back healthy because they won a Super Bowl, right? With the obviously with a super hot quarterback who's coming into his own, sure. But with bench strength and Ted Thompson, in funny two years ago was like, "What's he doing with Favre? What does this guy know? Right? He's got his head up, you know where. Sure. Now he's." One yeah. of the greats in the game because the bench helped win the Super Bowl. And the Michael Finleys of the world are going to come back in. And now look what they might be able to and do. And the coach is really good, too. I mean, he's not a superstar coach yet. I mean, a lot of people don't know who Mike McCarthy is. Right. I mean, even you know tangential football fans would go, coach of the Green Bay Packers. Who, who, who is that? Right. Um, so, But I, I love the way Mike's gone about his business. I think he's done a fantastic job. I think one of the great ironies is, you know, we're going to open up with that Thursday night game, the last two Super Bowl champs on September 8th, New Orleans against Green Bay. And here was Sean Payton before he went to New Orleans thinking he was going to get the Green, Green Bay, Bay job. Mm-hmm. And he winds up in New Orleans and he wins a Super Bowl. And then they bring Mike McCarthy in and nobody knows who Mike McCarthy is at that particular point. And here he is. I think he's a tremendous coach. What a great, what a, by the way, what a great week one for you. Yeah. Because you've got that game, the, the last two Super Bowl champions on the Thursday, now Sunday night. Right. You've got Rex Ryan and the Jets opening up on 
10th anniversary of 9-11 in their right. stadium against the Dallas Cowboys of right. all teams where it doesn't matter. Even when even when you had them, when they were, they felt, I guess, one in seven. I think you had the last Wade Phillips we coach did. game last year. At Green Bay. And Chris Collinsworth, I mean, one of the best analysis spot on was uh, when uh, uh, Jenkins just right. abdicated on his tackling ability Correct. and he basically said you just quit on your coach on the air the cowboys even when they were one in seven it doesn't matter they're dramatic to the nth degree they are i can think of only two franchises in the history of north american sports mm-hmm. the yankees and the cowboys that can engender that kind of emotion you love them or you hate them it's there's there's very little in between here now yeah. the yankees go all the way back to the to 110 years so that's been going on forever. The Cowboys, what I find to be fairly interesting, is that the Cowboys weren't born until 1960. So the Cowboys have been around about half as long as the Yankees. And yet through that period of time, there's something about, I don't know what it is, the Dallas Cowboys. I had a talk with this about uh, about a year ago with Jerry Jones. Just, you know, wh- what is it about the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just even the name. I mean, the Dallas, the Cowboys, an iconic American figure. And, you know, and, and Dallas is the kind of city, look, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Was simply called Dallas. Dallas right. Now, if that was called Omaha, that probably wouldn't have been as successful. So, there's something about Dallas. There's something about the Cowboys. There's something about the way they they came into existence. And then, of course, they were great during the 1970s. Right. But people love them or hate them. One thing that we know is they make for great television. And they got the two Ryan brothers. That you're you're going to have of ca- ISO cameras galore. Always a story. on that Sunday night. Sure. Um, and you've got, as you mentioned, the Cowboys, the Eagles. We've hit them. Uh, the Giants, they're playing the Redskins in week one. And uh, I, I, no one's really talking about this in full. And to me, this is a, a major storyline that's an undercurrent going on right here. The Redskins quarterback situation. I mean, you have been following this franchise sure. intimately. You've called tons of their games on national television. Right. Do you, th- what what is going on there, John Beck or Rex Grossman? I understand that Mike Shanahan has the pedigree, the the mm-hmm. the resume. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is going to fly in Washington, D.C.? Well, unless John Beck is something that we, we don't expect him to be. I mean, we sort of know Rex Grossman. Uh, I mean, he's been around a long time. And, you know, he, he's, he's never been the answer in the fans' minds mm-hmm. in Chicago, obviously, and then in Washington, they're not counting on, on Rex to, to be the guy. So I guess, it, you know, Beck is sort of an unknown. Uh, but Mike's always done a great job with quarterbacks. It didn't work out, obviously, last year. I mean, he, you know, they let Campbell go. They brought McNabb in. and, and What a mess. You know, I, well, I think, you know, if, if they could redo everything, they might have made a, 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 a sensational offer to St. Louis to get that number one pick. Because I do know that Mike really loved Sam Bradford. Because when Mike was out for a year, Mike Shanahan, you know, he went around the country and he was looking at people. And, and, and you know, I I guess there was no way that they could have. Remember they had the number four pick last year? Mm-hmm. And then St. Louis had the number one pick. And I guess there was maybe a little bit of talking going on. But knowing what they know now, if, if they could redo it, maybe they would have given them Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> well, they certainly would have given them Albert Hainsworth and a few other guys. Right. And because and, yeah. and, and, and to me, I, I understand the Shanahan's are deep under contract and, 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 and they are who they are. But that to me just, that has another season of soap opera written all 
over it. Well, right again, now. that's one of those franchises where uh, not quite to the extent Dallas is, but I mean, you're you're always looking at what's going on right there since Dan Snyder bought the team, and, and what you know Dan has done through the years, and he bought the team in the late '90s. He inherited Norv Turner. And Turner got him to the playoffs in '99. Then he was gone, and and then he was, you know, remember they tried Marty Schottenheimer for a year. Then he went to the college ranks. He tries Steve Spurrier, brings Joe Gibbs back. The whole thing. Then Jim Zorn sort of backs into the job. Mm-hmm. So it's really been a crazy situation in Washington for a lot of years, you know. And, and the one thing about Snyder, he, he he does, he loves to win. He's trying to win. A lot of fans say, well, he's going about it the wrong way. He's trying to buy a fantasy team one year, then he's doing this and. And doing that, but the one thing he does do, he lives and he dies with the fortunes of that team. And look, of all the people that they've they've brought in through the years, I mean, Mike would be, I think, the most solid. I mean, he does have the pedigree. I know the knock on Mike has been, well, what has he done lately? But you don't lose it all of a sudden. I think if the if the right pieces come into place, if the right personnel does the right things, if Beck can play quarterback pretty well, that's a lot. Watch of ifs. out for that. Team. There's a lot of ifs. So, yeah, you know what I mean? There's a lot of ifs right there. There's a lot of ifs. And and but Shannon, because you mentioned how Starter did it a different way, and he had Serato, and he bought. He basically was the guy who was in charge of the whole operation, right? right? And then he decided, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get a guy with rings. By the way, the only other coach the Redskins have ever hired with a Super Bowl ring other than Joe Gibbs the second time. That mm-hmm. is Shanahan, and he right. says, and I'm going to throw all my eggs into the Shanahan basket. I'm going to let him get Bruce Allen and right. And and now if this doesn't work, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I I, you know, I think I mean, it's gonna I think it's gonna work eventually. I, I really do because I mean, look, Dan I, again. He had Turner. Mm-hmm. He let him go. He brought Schottenheimer in. Somebody said, you know, you need an experienced guy, and Marty's been there, and the whole thing mm-hmm. lasted a year. I mean, after the fourth, of, we did like their fourth game that season, and I could tell. Whoa, boy, you know, talking to Snyder, and then I was talking to Marty, and I'm mm-hmm. going, this is not a match made in heaven. And then all of a sudden, somebody said. Well, you know, why don't you go get the best college coach who was, you know, Spurrier at that mm-hmm. time, certainly in the in the in the top three. How'd that work out? Terribly. I mean, Steve belonged in college and was happy to to go back. And then with Gibbs, I mean, I was shocked because I thought Joe was the one guy who would never go back to coaching, but he did. He went back for four years and you know he had some moderate success. They got to the playoffs a couple of times, and then of course they had that that period where you know they couldn't find a guy and they were trying to get this guy and that guy and you know so Zorn. You know, Jim Zorn, who gets hired as the offensive coordinator, then all of a sudden ascends to the, the head coaching job. So it's been it's really been a crazy run in Washington. And that's that's a very frustrated fan base right now. Do you think Kevin Cobb is gonna work out in I Arizona? Do. Oh, I do, very much so. We had him uh last year. We got to know him a little bit when Vic was hurt and uh they went into San Francisco. Yeah, I mean I, I think he's really smart. Uh you know, the Eagles don't make too many bad choices in the draft and they went you know, they he was the number one pick with McNabb there. McNabb, you know, pretty much. Right, his, they didn't have a first that year. Prime. He was the first pick. Right. He was kind of like when, year. you know, when when Green Bay went for Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre still had a lot of time left. It was kind of that situation. But they saw Cobb as the guy who, you know, was going to be their future. And then of all crazy stuff, of course, you know, here comes Michael Vick. You sign Michael Vick and Michael Vick does what he he does, and then Cobb becomes expendable. So I think Kevin Cobb is going to be very, very good, and I think Ken Wisnott and that staff is going to do a great job with him. Yeah, and they already said, good. They said Beanie Wells 
is going to be the 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 lead back there because they traded they traded to Hightower to the Redskins. One of the small yeah. transactions that you didn't see this week because we've right. been sort of in the media we've been blinded by the Eagles catnip, sure. you know, with everything that's going on with sure. them and the and the, the shiny object that the New England Patriots have right. have have been because of Ocho with Belichick. Right. Uh, by the way, I think that's a non-story. I think Belichick is going to be that that that's going to work out just fine. Truly, I believe that oh, Ocho and, and New yeah. England. I think that. That Ocho is, uh, I've called it Ocho 2.0. We're going to see Ocho Cinco 2.0, and and I think it's going to work out uh, for them. You've interviewed him. The, the, he's, he, you know, he he's, a, he's a very engaging guy. He yeah. does, Chad does get it, and yeah. he he plays with you, and he you know he's got a good sense of humor and all of that. And you know, people think of all the 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 crazy stuff he's done on the field, but of, you know, of all the. The, the 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 wild and crazy wide receivers through the years, and we've seen them all from Moss to Owens to you know, to, mm-hmm. and Chad would be in that uh, in that boat as well. Uh, this guy, this guy really does get it, and he, he likes to play with you, and he he it, it, almost, it. it almost fuels him in a way, and I, I think he's going to have a pretty good year there. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. he already basically said it that Belichick yeah. he cut him off when Belichick started to go towards the uh, you know. Issues that he has done off the field yeah. and, and endeavors, let's put it that way, right. from bull riding right. and all that crazy. Well, this guy plays hard, though, too. That's the he other thing. He, he plays hard. I agree with you on all fronts. I think that's right. going to be fine. And if Hainsworth, I mean, here's the thing. If Bill Belichick will cut a future Hall of Famer in Randy Moss in the middle of the season, he didn't cut him, he traded him, but right. basically cut ties with him in the middle of the season. Right. What's he going to do with a guy like Hainsworth, who he basically spent a five Two years from now to go get uh, that's just it'll be over if it doesn't work out. Well, for yeah, for Hank, there's no question about that. But I mean, that's what New England does, and they've done that in the past. They've mm-hmm. gone out, they've gotten a guy, you know, who who looks like he's damaged goods or whatever, and it doesn't cost them that much. I mean, uh, to me, there's a there's a huge upside with Hainsworth, and not a lot of downside because I don't think the expectations are that high. Because if he if he has a problem with Belichick and he yeah. gets cut. Yeah. And it's like if you can't trust this coach to scheme you properly. Yeah. This is last chance saloon for him and no question. It, so so I think it's going to work out for him too. Uh, it might. I mean, you know, oh, you, does you, he get himself You got an if there. Well, huh? no, but but you know, does he want to get himself into shape? Does he want to do all of the work? Right. That's I mean, to me that's what it's about, you know. Is your heart and soul into it mm-hmm. and are you putting your, are you doing everything to get your body ready for it too? I I don't know. You know, Hainsworth is another one of those guys. We we've, we've been with in a lot of meetings with him. You walk away saying great guy, you know, really good guy, gets it the whole thing and then all of a sudden, you know, you're hearing what's going on and guy doesn't pass his physical and all that. I mean, to me, it's inexcusable in the National Football League for a guy to play in the league and not understand, hey, man, i got to get myself into shape mm-hmm. and be ready to play. What about um, the Randy Moss retirement? Where do you think he Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer in your estimation? Well, he should be, and the only reason they would keep him out is if there were enough uh, voters that said, hey, we're going to punish him. Now, you know, one of the things that I learned years and years ago, Willie Mays, you can make a case for being maybe the greatest player of all time. Certainly he's in the top five. Willie Mays, of course, is a first ballot Hall of Famer in baseball. But do you know there was something like 45 or 50 writers who did not vote for him on that first ballot? Why? They were punishing him. And I remember reading a couple of columns, one in Atlanta from a a, a fairly distinguished writer who Mm -hmm. had a ballot who said, this is my pound of flesh. In effect, he said, I'm paraphrasing. You know, Mays wouldn't do interviews. Mays was a surly guy. So this is my pound of flesh. Now... 
There might be some people who say that about Randy Moss, and they're going to keep him out for that reason. Is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Of course he is when you look at the numbers at the end of the day. Mm, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it's but it, it becomes a political game. The difference is with, with Moss, though, I mean, whether he spoke to you or not, a lot of people think he didn't give maximum effort. Well, now, that's, that's on-the-field stuff right oh, there. I agree. I couldn't agree with more, Rich. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And to me, that is, as a fan, you have to be so frustrated because if you see a guy and he has that much talent and you want to, you know, you want to just say, what's wrong with you? Why don't go? You've got to go all out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're only going to do this for X number of years. You have all the talent in the world. You know, what's so hard about, you know, running all out on every play? Mm-hmm. And this is why this is why fans get frustrated. They get frustrated with things like that. They get frustrated with things like, you know, with Plaxico Burris and with let's Braylon Edwards. It's not even what happened to these guys. It's like, what are you doing out at that hour in the morning? Well, you know, what, and like John Madden used to always say, mm-hmm. nothing good happens at three o'clock right. in the morning. <laughs> right. Because you know, well, some people will say, well, some things, you know, maybe if you're looking for something, it'll happen at three o'clock. But if it doesn't happen by ten o'clock, forget it. Go home already. Right. To me, uh, just across the board, any sport, what outrages fans, I think most, is just sense of entitlement. That it, and I think that might right. be the underlying current to what everything you just said. That you that some athletes feel they're entitled to money, that they're entitled to the fame, right. and they don't work hard for it. Uh, but Randy Moss, for sure, first ballot Hall of Famer, I think. But I'm not the one who's voting. And I think those guys feel that they're a guardian, a keeper of the flame. And if they feel he didn't give maximum effort on the field, they're not going to give him that that uh, status. Well, so, it, but to me. If you if you're not going to vote for a guy on the first ballot, but you're going to vote for him on the second and third, yeah, ballot, makes no sense. What's that all about? I know. Yeah, I that, agree with you. That's just I'm, I'm getting even with you. This that's is all. this has been so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Would, do you have time for this during the season? Can can we get you in the season? Get you. I know. I know you take your golf seriously when you can. When you're not it in the booth, it takes me nine and on the road. minutes to get here. Fantastic. I can't believe I have done the NFL. This is my 26th year. Yeah. Right. I have never done a game. Never mm-hmm. in the city of Los Angeles. I did a few in Anaheim before the Rams left. So for me, this is a home game. Of this course I'll be here. Fantastic, because I want to talk so much more, not yeah. just football, about yeah. uh, everything that you've done. Al, you're the best. Thanks for coming. Rich, in. Thank you, buddy. You bet. This is Al Michaels on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Really excited to have my next guest here on the podcast. He is starring in the movie The Change Up that's coming to a theater near you this weekend. One of two, count them, two. Hilarious comedies this summer for this man. He was in Horrible Bosses earlier this summer. Pleased to have on the Rich Eisen podcast, Jason Bateman. How are you, Jason? I'm good, Rich. Nice to be with you. Uh, so, can can you can you have more than one summer movie? Is that allowed? Is there is there some sort of rule? I don't think it's a good thing because one doesn't want to wear one's welcome out. Uh, you know, I mean, I know if I if I see somebody and they're in a couple of films, I'm like, well, I'm only paying for one of that guy's movies. You know, so right. um, and a lot of people uh, seem to like horrible bosses. So I'm not feeling very confident about this weekend's box office, Rich. Well, why would that be? Well, because they've already spent their Bateman money. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a rookie pool or anything like that. I think it, there's no cap. There's no Bateman cap. Or anything well, like that. let's let's hope because I've got a hell of an overhead over here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it's interesting because I have been with the lockout ending. Uh, I have been on television, I think, about 800 hours. So I'm concerned, based on what you're saying, that you don't want to overwear wear out your welcome. I, I may have done that about uh, 750 hours ago. I don't yeah, know. well, I, but but at least you're broadcasting from a different medium right now. Oh, I it's, see. It's medium specific. Medium specific. And I guess people aren't plunking down 1250. 
to see me. As far as I'm as far as I know, I don't know. This well, could be a pay per view. Your podcast. Well, my podcast is free. This is free on iTunes. Well, then, then there is no welcome to wear out. So it's cost effective. Yeah, it's cost effective. Uh, let me ask you this question about um, the changeup. Uh, it, it is a film uh, where you are taking over the body of somebody who is completely different in nature, and and uh, hijinks ensue. Is that essentially what this film is all yeah, about? Yeah, it's the same old body switching crap that everybody's seen for years and years. <laughs> and it's you know Ryan Reynolds plays the other guy, and he and I both. Um, Separately, we're mm-hmm. not living together, at least anymore, but separately right. we're, uh, we're reading this script and thinking, you know, why would we want to do another one of these kinds of movies? And the answer became very clear, uh, like on page three, um, mm-hmm. I think it's in the trailer, this, this infant uh, it craps in my mouth. And, and it's oh. like, okay, well, so that is, that, that's, not a, that's not a brilliant joke, but at least it told us that they're going to do the R-rated version of this body switching thing, which is something that's never been done. And, right. And the guys that wrote it are the hangover guys, and the guy that directs it uh, is the wedding crashers guy. And so it just it, – I kept reading, and, and I've never read a funnier script. Is that was, right? Yeah, in your, in your entire fantastic. career, you've never read a funnier script? Never. Yeah, it was great. Well, now now you're setting the bar very high. I'm, I'm feeling very confident. I would almost I would almost guarantee money back, but <laughs> again, the overhead here would not allow. Have you ever wanted to change bodies and personalities with somebody? Is this something that you've you've experienced before? In your I life, went Jason? halfway down a medical procedure in Tijuana a few years ago, <laughs> and um, it just got too painful. The anesthesia is not what it is up here, right? And uh, and I backed out, but um, I, I've got I've got most of my genitalia left. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, is there so it's a surgical procedure that one can undergo, or well, if you're looking to switch into a woman, as I was, Rich, oh. um, it's a bit of a fillet situation. <laughs> um, I don't want to get more specific. No. This okay. is this is a family podcast in that respect. Okay. So so I understand that we have to cross a line if we're going to go explicit. So I understand. I'm ready though if you want it. Uh, no, we could work blue. I mean, we could work blue if you want. I mean, we could <laughs> okay, always do what that. What you do is you butterfly it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Now that's next level. Mm-hmm. You just went next level. <laughs> on me there. Uh, how how was the reaction to Horrible Bosses? Because uh, from here, uh, everybody uh, that I know loved it. And it was something that it looks fun, that you look like you were having fun doing. I get that a lot. A lot of people say, well, when you're doing something, you look like you're having fun. I, I got that sense from just watching that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was. And, and, and um, I, was, I was actually surprised it turned out as well as it did because we just, you know, just a bunch of grab ass on the set. And I thought, well, I hope this director can kind of dig a movie out of this thing. And, um, and you know, frankly, it's the same way with, with Change Up. Ryan and I have been a really good friends for a long time mm-hmm. and, and always wanted to work together. And this seemed like a perfect a perfect thing where, you know, we're actually like sharing characters. Um, but, yeah, there's there's uh, Horrible Boss and Change Up was just tons of, 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 of laughing and screwing up takes because the other person's making you laugh and, and the crew members are rolling their eyes and, can't can't believe uh, uh, how funny the actors think that they are, um, but um, it's 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 a really it's sort of infectious when you see people having a good time on screen. It, it does translate. No doubt about that. Uh, Jim Morris Senior, the former coach of the New Orleans Saints, um, he's a big movie buff, 
And uh, also, he's a former coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He had a famous rant where he uh, said his team couldn't do diddly-poo. So we came up with, because he's a big movie buff, we came up with a system, a rating system, diddly-poo rating system. The fewer the diddly-poos, the better the movie. And he rated Horrible Bosses one-half diddly-poo. I like that reverse rating system. Yeah, yeah. which is something that, you know, we, it, this, is, this is the sort of laboratory in which I work. <laughs> I just love the I just love the idea that Jim Morris actually saw a movie I was in. I, I oh, you yeah. know actors never feel like athletes uh, know that they're on the planet, and I think vice versa. <laughs> and so it's it, it is sort of like an old cliche that uh, both get sort of gaga when they're around one another. And I mean, I just you know, and you and you're talking to a guy who lives in a city that has no football team. Yes. So it's it's all the more reason I get crazy when I hear about football players. Well, he watched he's a huge movie buff. He will see the change up. There's no question that he will see this movie. It's all he I does. Invite, it. You think if I invite him to the premiere tonight he'd be my date? Yes, he would. He would. He lives in the de- he lives in the uh the desert, but he would I I'll think pick he, him up. Yeah. I think he would. I think he's he would. easy on the eyes. He's or, not going to embarrass me. Or if you want, you can you can change up into Jim Morrow Sr.'s body. You see um, what you did there with the way you tied the movie title. That's in? what I do. That's what I do. This is this is what I do for a living. This that is what I tight. do for a living. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm I'm trying. So you are. I know you're a lifelong Dodger fan. Does that mean that you were a Raider or a Rams fan when they were back here in the uh, day? Never a Ram fan. How dare you? Um, <laughs> uh, a Raider fan I was, but I was a little young uh-huh. uh, to to not be scared of Raider Nation <laughs> down there at the Coliseum. <laughs> but now that I'm older, mm-hmm. I am ready. And you know, I went to the uh, the stadium, the new stadium there in New York, where the Giants and the Jets play. Yeah. Uh, I went there. I was at the Thanksgiving game this last uh, this last year, and it is so beautiful mm-hmm. um, that stadium. And I thought, well, this is. I think it's the newest stadium, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought, well, if we get a stadium, it's going to be like this because this yes. is brand new. And it just made me. I just. I'm yearning for for a team here so bad. Do you? You must know. Yes. You've got hot information. Yes. When do we get a team here? When do they start building that that stadium downtown? What's going on? Okay, uh, I, I'm I'm well practiced on this because we had Brian Cranston on the podcast two weeks ago. He asked me the very same question because he says that he's he he can't wait for a team to come back here too. You get two teams, 2015, two teams. Are you kidding me? No, you're gonna have to choose one. I bet you they'll have two teams here because they want it to be like that new Meadowlands where they where it's busy every weekend. You know, Jets and Giants. So, so. They, we, we, the city, will not have to choose one of two. We actually get to your loyalty has to choose one. That's correct. That oh is correct. God. And these will be existing franchises? These will be existing franchises. They not, will be. Not expansion. Not expand. They can't, I mean, they got 32 teams, so they can't expand one more, I don't think. And your guess would be Vikings, mm-hmm. Chargers? I would go if I had to, uh, which you are putting me on the spot, so I'll do it. Uh, I don't think the Vikings know. I think the Vikings are going to stay. Here's here's uh, I think the Chargers are one. Uh, I think the the uh, the Raiders would love to come down. Really? Yes, I think Al Davis would love to come home. He's got a par- apparently I've been told uh, the only chair in the Mastro's Steakhouse with arms on it. All their chairs don't have arms. If you've ever been to the Mastro's Steakhouse in Beverly Hills, boy, that is that is a real grueling group of people in there. Yeah. Oh, it's well, it's like the Star Wars Cantina of Los Angeles. <laughs> it really? Is. You know what I mean? When you walk in there, it's you never know what walk of Los Angeles life is going to be chilling out in the in the in, in Mastro's. But there's only one chair that has arms on it, and I'm told it's for Al Davis for when he used to be here. 
in Los Angeles. Well, a little tiny factoid. But so I think Al would love to get his stake back as well as maybe Los Angeles. Maybe. I don't know. And the rumor is also is that one team, I don't know which one, would move to St. Louis and then the Rams would come home too. Oh, no. Yeah. That's another idea. These so that, are all so out the Rams there. and the Raiders could possibly come back. It's possible. This is all out there in the ether. This is all pure, sheer speculation. So when do they start building the stadium? When they put a shovel in the ground? That I don't know. That I don't know. It's but, got to uh, predate 15, though. I guess it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like just add water. No, down there in Los Angeles, I mean, downtown. You could put them in the Staples it. Center, but it's, it's going to. It would be awkward. That, the arena football is only so good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, I think they lost their arena league team here in Los Angeles. There so, was one. So yeah, <laughs> so you'd be a Raider fan basically. If if you had, I mean, if you had to categorize yourself, it would be Raider fan. Is that what it would be? It, it would. I, I can't. There's something about. I mean, I'm sure they're nice men, but uh, Pat Hayden and Jim Everett never did it for me. Mm-hmm. You know? I see. So, I was a stabler guy, a Plunkett guy. Oh wow! So you're old school. Well, just old. <laughs> oh, man. This has been fun. I hope you come back, Jason. I'd love is, to come back. I hope this is, you know, we could do this in person. We could, we could, we could. I can't let you go without bringing up Arrested Development. I'm sure you get that all the time. That's fine. I, I, it's, it's near and dear to my heart. You're talking about the film, I assume? Yes, sir. Um, the film um, is getting closer and closer to becoming a reality. I know that the, the writer is hard at work on the script. Um, and as soon as they make his deal, to because he's also going to direct. He's mm. the guy who created the show. As soon as they make his deal, um, we will be off and running. And I hear they're getting very, very close to finishing his deal. And so everyone else is under contract, basically, to do this. Well, thing? they haven't done our deals yet, but mm-hmm. we're all on board. And you know, actors are whores by nature, so we're going to get on our backs for anything. Uh, you know, because I, I know you're 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 a high class guy, and you would never bash any other shows as well you, you, and you really can't bash this show because it's very funny no very funny modern family is that is that a ripoff of arrested development in your estimation i have i have heard that before but i've not seen the show but you know even if it was something similar you can't hold that against them because everything is inspired by something that came before us i mean if curb your enthusiasm wasn't on mm-hmm. i don't think arrested development would have done anything you interesting know? so it, it, i guess i shouldn't say rip off because it is hilarious and it's well and it's well uh you know received and it's for, for good reason it's very funny derivative we'll use that word it's derivative of arrest because i saw it the first time i saw it i'm like wait a minute this is Arrested Development, but just in, with different characters. Well, if it is, then good good for them for, for making it something that actually America watches. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we failed miserably at that. So, um, you know, Steve Levitan and Christopher Lloyd are doing something right. They're right. very, very smart men. Okay. So, so you, you if in a, in a way, uh, you asked me when there would be a shovel in the ground for a stadium. I sort of danced around the subject because I don't know. When is a shovel in the ground for Arrested Development for the film, do you think? How about this? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I bet you mm-hmm. you will see the Arrested Development film in the theaters mm-hmm. before the stadium is completed. Wow. Because I think that's the 2016 season is when they're, is when they're hoping to have football. Here. Well, I think that's when the stadium would exist. You know what I mean? 2015. I think so. Okay. Because I think the first, the first toe meets ball in the Los Angeles stadium would be 2016, I think. That's my that's my thoughts. Hmm. Well, I think we'll easily beat that. And 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 plus, you know, I think this is just pure speculation. But uh, maybe nobody's listening to this anyway, Jason. So 
you know. Mom, are you there? <laughs> she downloads my podcast, which would really be touching. Mama loves some good pigskin. All right. Thanks again for com- calling in, Jason. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Rich. Good to be with you. Same here. That's Jason Bateman. Go see his movie, The Change Up, in theaters near you this very weekend. Pleased to welcome back to the Rich Eisen podcast a good man. Good man. Big Jet fan. His movie Smurfs just opened up to a monster weekend, crushing Cowboys and Aliens. Well, maybe not crushing, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say it anyway. The number one movie in all of America is a new show, Free Agents, uh, debuting September 14th on NBC. Good to see you, Hank Azaria. Nice to be here. Good. It's the Smurfs, by the way. Is it the Smurfs? Yeah, you said Smurfs. Well, I thought it was like Skydome. It's not. It's it's the, it's no, the, it's Smurf. the Smurfs. Yeah. The Smurfs. Yeah. And you play Gargamel. I play right? Gargamel. How does it feel to scare children for a living? Good. Really good. Better than I thought. <laughs> does it really? Yeah. Revenge. You know, my for son what? terrifies me uh, all day long. Is that right? Um, no, but yeah. it's kind of, no. <laughs> it sort of sounded. But um, it, I mean, you play Gargamel in this film. Yeah. And it's killing right now. So congratulations. Doing well. We, actually, we, we just barely lost out to Cowboys and Aliens. I thought you a, won the a, week. You won the week. No. They originally reported we tied. Yeah. But then we like we're within like a million dollars of them, so but it's a it's a victory anyway that we did that well. It's a it's, it's a win no matter what. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you on that. Uh, Plex, you happy? You happy about Plex? We'll Cone? see. You know, it's, I mean, see, but you're you're. I know for a fact you're a big Brad Smith fan. Are you one of those Jets fans that's upset that the Jets didn't go ahead and and keep and keep Brad Smith? I am. I'm not happy about that. So, but you got Plex. What do yeah, you think? but it's um, I think it's uh ultimately a bit of a downgrade from Braylon, maybe not in the red zone, right? but everywhere else. And we'll see how well, who knows who he's going to do. Right. I think he wants to stick it to the Giants. I think that's part Plex? of it. Plex? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he wants to stick it to everybody yeah. right now. So do he I. was sitting in this seat just three weeks ago. Was he? Yes, he did was. Did he seem like he wanted to stick it to people? He did seem like he was ready. Yeah. But I mean, he was definitely contrite. He seemed like a, a man who had been through a lot. Yeah. You know, because he has, because he sort of has. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he, I think he's, he's ready. He's ready to let everybody know. I want to stay in New York too. huh? Well, that to me surprised me actually. Cause I asked him that question and his answer was like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to put that city in your rear view mirror? It is kind of a fishbowl. I mean, well, not just that the mayor, the mayor wasn't, uh, the mayor sort of called him out. Did he really? I didn't know that part. Yeah. When he shot himself in the leg, the mayor took the podium and essentially said, this guy's not going to get a pass. It was like a it was like a oh, law and order right. TV moment, ripped from today's headlines. It yeah. was ripped from today's headlines. Yeah, but hey, so you, so you, I'm just trying to get you. You seem uh, you just try in, in Tannenbaum. You trust in Rex. You trust. You're fine with that. I trust uh, definitely Rex. But I, I was I'm bummed by the Nomdi thing that looked like it was going to happen and then didn't. Yeah, you know. That that that's the point. But me. they couldn't. The uh, the reason why I thought the Namdi thing wasn't going to happen from the get go, yeah, because they could not pay him more than Darrell Rivas, and I'm sure he right. wanted to get be the highest. But then there paid. was all that talk of he'd be willing because it'd be such a an amazing media thing for him, right. and you know they they'd have a really good shot of winning the Super Bowl, and 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 the money he'd make in endorsements being in New York in that way would like right. outweigh whatever salary he wasn't going to get. Right. In the end, he just took the highest offer. And the biggest disappointment would have been uh, that he's not there is just to hear New Yorkers try to pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, Namdi Asamoah. I couldn't do it till a couple of days ago. <laughs> Namdi Asamoah? Yeah, that's what it is. All right. But, you know, I mean, Asamoah. I was calling him Asamoah for a long time. I prefer Asamoah. <laughs> Don't you? You know, I once, uh, you know, I took algebra with this guy named Asamoah. Asamoah. <laughs> You know, you know, Asamoga, come over here. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you in a jet? 
See, now we, we can't get that. I know. But it's in Philadelphia, so it's pretty close in that respect. That's do hard. you think, did you hear, I don't know if you noticed, uh, if you heard this, because again, you've been running on with the Smurfs. The Smurfs. And the Smurfs to you. And it's just free agents. It's not the, the free, free agents. agents. No. It's just free agents. Just free agents. Okay. And I'm Gargamel, not the Gargamel. Well, I didn't say the, kind of cool. the Gargamel. You didn't say the Gargamel. No, okay. I'm just making sure. But you it didn't. sounds better, actually. The Gargamel. It's like the, the Gorgon. Well, yeah. I mean, plus it sounds like you're pounding your chest. You know, you yeah, the gar- you the Gargamel. Yeah, I be the Gargamel. You be. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, but it, it seems to me though, uh, I don't know if you heard Rex. Rex say, I don't mean a. Sorry, I didn't mean to invade Easy. your personal space Easy. right there. Uh, Rex said that somebody in the league has got to beat the Patriots, other than the Jets. And he said, I invite the rest of the NFL <laughs> That's fantastic. to beat the Patriots. you got to give him credit. He's creative with his trash talk. Yes, he is. It's not just like off the top of his head. Because the Browns beat them last year, and his brother was the defensive coordinator. Basically, right. anybody other, other than named Ryan, please go ahead. Feel free to beat the New England Patriots. I agree with him. I, I second that heartily. Do you hate the Patriots more than any other team in the NFL? No. They, they, they're, they're That's the it. team I hate the most. Why is that? Uh, Tom Brady is much too good looking and too good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's really annoying. You know, you're the matinee idol yeah. ripping your team apart. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't need like Brad Pitt destroying my team. So it would be better if Brady was, was uglier. Uh, yeah, that would help. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> right. And, uh, and the Belichick, you know, he's one of those coaches you love like Rex. You love him if he's your coach, but right. everybody else hates him. Boy, he's, he's really been annoying though over the years. Belichick. Yeah. You know, just his attitude, just the whole over it, you know, monosyllabic short answer yeah. thing. And so um, if Brady was uglier and 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 Belichick was more, more polysyllabic. Yes. You'd be fine with it. it. No, I wouldn't be fine with it, but it would help. It would take some of the edge <laughs> off. Personally. All right. Fantastic. I lived in Boston for four years, went to school there. Oh yeah, that's right. You're a Tufts guy. Yeah. That's right. So I had to live through a lot of it. Too. How's that football really program at Tufts? <laughs> Division three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tufts Jumbos. Is that what their name, name is? Yeah. Because it was founded by P.T. Barnum with the, and the elephant. That's not true. Jumbo. That's absolutely true. It was, he was, the college was founded by P.T. Barnum <laughs> and the elephant was named Jumbo and we're the Tufts Jumbos. Oh. That whole division three league has the stupidest uh, mascot names in, in sports. What are, I mean, because the Amherst, we play Amherst. You know the Amherst are? They? No. Who are they are? Well, the right. Lord Jeffs. <laughs> Is it spelled G E O F F or is it? I don't know. How, does, how, do, we, sure. how do we spell Je- Jeffs with the Lord? Sure. Okay. The uh, so Tufts Amherst that, is that like Harvard Yale? Is that like Jets Patriots? Is that Yankee no, Red no. Sox? No, nobody what? cares. <laughs> and really, nobody cares. Nobody shows up. Nobody. Did you ever go to a Tufts football game? I went to like one homecoming. And like through a chain link fence, looked at it for like ten oh, minutes. Like this is horrible. Players. The basketball program wasn't horrible. Right. I, I lived with some of those guys in college. They, yeah, they were pretty good. They ended up playing in Italy and right. played professionally in Europe. Right. But uh, the the Eve, somebody's the Eef men. Oh, somebody's the purple cows. The purple cows. Yeah. That's, so so who's the purple cows? Did, I can't did, were they dropping peyote in Division Three when they're coming out with these names? I mean, this is this is. This the Purple is... Cows, the Eve Men, the Lord Jeffs, and the Jumbos. <laughs> That's our division. It does. It sounds like a Harry Potter movie. I mean, it does. Right yeah, there. Gryffindor. Doesn't it sound yeah, like there's that? a Slytherin? Is, is there is there a Gryffindor in the in in the division? Pretty sure. Probably there was. Gotta be. I'm sure there was a Dungeons and Dragons team, Division Three, right. AAA. Right. What season are the Simpsons in now? What are you in now? We're recording season twenty three. 
That's unbelievable. Yeah, half my life spent. And half your life. Well, I'm 47, so almost. That is unbelievable. Yeah. If somebody had told you back in the day, you're going to go 23 years with this gig, you'd have said what? I'd agree. So <laughs> it's right pretty good. Uh, yeah, that sounds You're not insane. playing, so you're not playing along with my question. I'm not, I wasn't. No, no. Well, back, you're savvy, and, you're back, savvy enough back, to be an interviewing and know where I was then, going with that. Way back then, Rich Eisen. Yeah. Way back then. Yeah. It was the first couple of years of Fox as a network. And it wasn't like it is today, like right. these kids have today, their choice of cable outlets. There was, yeah. you know, there was three networks until then. You didn't even think the network was going to survive, let alone a show would last right. 23 years. Right. So. <clears throat> Who's the best guest star? You've that we've ever had on The Simpsons? Yes. It's literally too hard to pick. I mean, the one, I, uh, meeting Mick Jagger and Keith Richards was pretty cool. That works. Yeah. That stands out. They, Michael Jackson was pretty interesting. Michael Jackson. Now, are, are they all at the table, Reed? Are they, do they all come in person? No, or? but they, we we know when, they, we hear when they're going to record, and if it's important to us, we'll go down and bother them. The rock and roll episode, we had Elvis Costello, Tom Petty, uh, Keith and, and Mick, and um, David Byrne, and uh, that was that was pretty exciting. You pretty much just also named the Super Bowl halftime performers oh, yeah? of, of the past I was aware you know, was a tie-in. five, six years. Yeah, because Mick, Mick, and Keith did the did the Super Bowl in Detroit, the Steelers, right? Seattle, right? And I got to interview them, and they they would not be interviewed together. together. No, 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 they wouldn't record together at the Simpsons either. Is that right? Yeah, we had to do on different days. Wow. Yeah, Keith Richards came in and asked for. Um, I think we had to have uh, uh, a bottle of uh, vodka and orange crush for him. Keith Richards, what, well, here's how I guess he evolved as a person. When I say so he he wanted a bottle of water and an unlit cigarette placed mm. at his feet. I guess not, not strange at all. Sort of odd. Not strange at all. Keep it under the sort of odd umbrella, but mm. change the uh, unlit the cigarette. Couldn't be, you know. That's did, all. And, and he, 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 he did not. He did not light it. Oh, I see. He was just. Oh, so he's he just like trying sort of looking at it. So he just kind of had it. The oral. Thing. No, he just it, he didn't even remove it. From it the it sat there was at his prop? feet. At his feet, wasn't even in camera. That is odd. Not strange at all. No, nope. not bizarre. He drank the orange crush and vodka that we gave him. Did he? Yeah. As a mixer. Um, the Jim Brockmeyer. Let's get to this, please. All right. Uh, <clears throat> it was a hugely popular Funny or Die movie uh, film, right? Yeah, Video. short. Okay, short. Funny or Die. Should we call it a short? In the okay. Business, Richard. Now, Jim Mark, Jim Brockmeyer. Yeah. Is uh, an announcer who. Fell on hard times, right? A yes, he announcer. did. Okay. Yes, he did. And An unfortunate incident, as we call it, in the professional announcing arena. And where Jim Brockmeyer, I mean, when, driving around here in Los Angeles, it's very Rick Monday, sort of that type of guy. Did, did Jim Brockmeyer, in your estimation, did he play baseball? Jim Brockmeyer, the baseball Brockmeyer, announcer? no, I don't think he did. I think he's a pure <laughs> stat guy. He's a voice guy. Really, he's a voice guy. And he had an affinity for baseball. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, found it could talk like this almost ad nauseum, which uniquely qualifies him to <laughs> speak during a baseball game. You know what? It's fun to do as well. What? Uh, talk, Jim Brockmeyer, at, at the oddest times that you possibly can, can yeah, actually talk about. Yeah, that's enjoyable. And, and uh, I have actually come up with some some fruit, fruit and some food names. Really? Yes, that would actually sound like baseball players. Or right, football players. Well, let's hear uh, let's, it. let's plug them in. Uh, the first one is Huckleberry Compote. 
Huckleberry Campo. Yeah. You're right. Light-hitting left-hander. Right? <laughs> he's a light-hitting left-hander. Yeah, he's Tom Huckleberry Campo. <laughs> Huckleberry is not his real name. Oh, really? Huckleberry? Yeah, given him to a, <laughs> the nickname was given to him by, I believe, one of his college coaches, Huckleberry. Uh, another one. Because he was a real hound. From back in the day. Yeah, split-fingered fastball misses just outside one and two. And Huckleberry Campo, did he just come off the disabled list? or, or? Just came off the DL, yeah. Had a good winner down in the Dominican League. <laughs> Met a 289 with 17 dingers, so some pop on that man. And uh, he's he's a great uh, double play combination with Carne Asada. Carne Asada, absolutely. <laughs> if that is his real name. Flat-out real name. It's not a, Carne is not a nickname. He is named Meat. That's his name. <laughs> Carne Asada. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Penny Arabiata. Yes, Penny Arabiata. I think he came up in the Oakland farm system, didn't he? <laughs> Penny. Penny, it's pronounced, it's spelled P-E-N-N-Y, but it's pronounced Penny. <laughs> Penny Arabiata. Yeah, it's kind of a Penny Hardaway kind of thing. Uh, the, the Japanese ball player. Yeah. Edamame. Edamame, yeah. Just That's one his name. whole name? Just, just one name. It, like, like Ichiro. Well, yeah. Well, it's, there is a full name, but you only refer to him yeah. in just one we, name. We, us round eyes can only pronounce Edamame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Are, are we going to go? Are we going to go for a... Uh, this, I, I, you know, I, we have just thrown stupid food names around and just saying sure. them as, as Jim Brockmeyer. But we, but not me and you, just... Oh, everybody here? Everybody here. Yeah. yeah. Everybody here. It's yeah. just because it, it is addictive. Yeah, it, it is. is I, addictive. Now I want to think of one. Uh, uh, hmm. we, we have a, there's a, I wrote one more down here. Uh, there's a carne asada. There is penny arabiata, which I like too. Mm-hmm. Uh, something fusilli. <laughs> fusilli primavera. That's not a bad one. <laughs> that sounds more like a 60s ball player. You think so? Don't you think? Fusili is kind of a weird first name. Fusili Primavera. Fusili Primavera. Primavera is a good last name. But that Fusili. Is a... Fusi. <laughs> Fusi, Prim- Fusi Primavera. Uh, are we going to get another? Are you making a movie? You're making a movie out of this, right? Out of Jim what? Jim Brockmar? Out of f- weird food <laughs> names? <laughs> food no. name. Veggie Tales? Uh, we're, we're, what's the next step for Jim Brockmar? Uh, we're working on a movie script. We're trying to get a little movie made. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's difficult to do in Hollywood. Right. If you've heard. But um, yeah, we we got funnier die likes and wants to develop it into a feature. Okay, they're starting to do that kind of stuff. Well, they did the I don't. Know, did you see the um, the lockout football video that funnier die? I did, did not. See yes. That. Did you participate? In I that? did participate in that. So that's your, now your Falk. third funnier die. No, just two. That's your second. That's just two. Yeah. You got one you're more my than first. Me. You're you're my first. But you're my first. All right. Hey. Well, that's that's very sweet. You know what I mean? No I one can ge- ever. I was no very could, gentle. Nobody could ever take that away from me. I, I, I knew where was where was your first, and that's yeah. why I, I made sure the mood was right. <laughs> the lighting um, was good. It was <laughs> in Dodger Stadium. Got to admit. Yeah. Uh, but it was very funny. You need to see it because they got a whole bunch of players. Uh, they did. A, it was a Field of Dreams takeoff, where Taylor Lautner was the uh, was the um, he was the farmer, mm-hmm. and he cleared his field of crops and a bunch of locked out football players came <laughs> and played. And it was very, very funny. Who uh, were their actual players? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis was there. Tony Gonzalez, Deshaun Jackson. He nice. wasn't holding out from that, from that. Um, and uh, the funniest one was Antonio Cromartie was yeah. there. Yeah. Because, it, because, do? because the farmer's wife was like feeling his biceps. <laughs> 
<laughs> and giving really? him that look. And he was just like, you know, coming on to the Did farmer's he bring any wife. of his kids with him? He did not okay. on the set. Right. He was he was kidless. He was possiless right. from what I was told. Who's uh who's doing the um HBO uh, this year? Nobody. Nobody. That, guy, that was it. that and the Hall of Fame game. Oh, Casualties of the lockout. Yeah, that's right. Because nobody was going. They didn't they know it? they couldn't prepare, and no team with this craziness that was the last Who ten. Who was going to do it? Was there anybody even? Contracted? I don't know. They were they were asking around, hmm. but that was the casualty of the lockout. Philly would be interesting. Now that would be for sure. Yeah, one hundred percent would be for sure. Yeah. So the Smurfs in the theater yeah. near you. Smurf. Okay, that's what in three D. Really? If you what wanted. do you look like in 3D? Have you ever seen yourself in 3D? Well, before? no. I mean, I'm Gargamel. I'm in uh, this elaborate well, that's prosthetic. Still you. I mean, deep down, it's you. Right? <laughs> yes, deep you know down. I mean? Well, deep down, it's not you. that far down. Like about this far down. About a inch far down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but um, it, you know, it works. You pop right out. You do. Yeah. Uh, so, the Smurfs Theater near you. Mm-hmm. Free agents September 14th September on, 14th on, on NBC. NBC. Uh, we're going to premiere. At 10.30 for the first time uh, after um, the finale of America's Got Talent. Okay. And then after that at 8.30 after Up All Night, Christina Applegate's new show. Oh. And our previous guest on the podcast, Al Michaels, might read a promo for your show on the on the Sunday Night Football. I would be surprised if he didn't. I'd be upset if he didn't. Yeah. And you just ran in, Al, correct? I didn't really. I just we pa- I passed him in the hall at the NBC Television Critics right. Day yesterday. And I got really... I saw him and Chris Collinsworth, and I got... Really excited. You know, you can't always tell who you're going to have a major fan reaction to until you see them. When I saw those two guys, I kind of lost my mind. Was this a lockout related feeling or you just, you're excited for football? I don't know. I just, uh, football, yeah, but I think I love watching those guys so much and have for so long that, uh, like when I, when I went to the Oscars like 20 years ago. Yes. When I was a young lad and there was many movie stars there and it was very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Vincent Price was still with us then, <laughs> and I saw Vincent Price, and I lost my mind. And if you if you had asked me beforehand, would I react that strongly to Vincent Price? Right. I said I don't think so. But when I saw him, I just because I'd grown up watching him every Saturday morning, you know. And, oh, is that what it wasn't a Brady Bunch thing? Or was he on the Brady Bunch? Oh, come on, I don't remember that. Oh yeah, remember they went to Hawaii and were in the cave, and Vincent Price was the scary the scary oh, guy. Oh yeah, with the taboo and yeah, the idol. Yeah. yeah. Right. Taboo. <laughs> it is taboo. Um, so you went up to, of, of all the movie stars around. Vincent, Vincent Price, Price really made me freak out the most. Oh, wow. Yeah. Al Michaels, the Vincent Price. Of, I, I didn't mean to. Broadcasting. I realize I'm saying something. No, no, no. Al Michaels, it, no, Vincent Price. Well, I, I was the one It'd be weird if connection. they switched identities, wouldn't it? It would be. You know. So the Cowboys begin from their own 13-yard <laughs> line. And then Al Michaels... <laughs> Trying to be scary. Yeah. Vincent Price and, and Chris Collinsworth <laughs> on Sunday Night Football. Chris, I think he looked absolutely elegant on that last play. <laughs> be weird. He fades back elegantly. Yeah. And Felix Unger. With the dexterity of a lizard. Yeah, scrambles. Hank, you're the man. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for very much for happy coming Happy to in. be here, Rich. Always are happy you, are, to be here. Are you saying that? Or are, you, are you really? Yeah. Because you're, uh, how many interviews are you in? How many interviews are you in now for the Smurfs? They've done a lot. In the last couple of weeks. So when I say happy, I'm more like sort of mildly not bummed. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be here. Yeah. You know, always happy well, to see you. Well, no, I, thank you, know, you. We're friends. Thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. You know, we got you this new set and everything. I mean, set. it's my new shower curtain. You know curtain. what's weird when people don't know? Right. Is when we hang out, which yeah. we do. Yes. We, we socialize. Yes. We are always 
have these mics and these headphones on. It is odd. This is not just for this show. Yes, I, and that's why I wanted to make you feel as, as comfortable as possible. Yeah. And you got your room temperature water, I hope. And, uh, no. Well, yeah, it's over there. there. It is. It's I can't over reach there. it, it's just not, it's, no, it's here. It's not perfect. It's like uh, Keith Richards' cigarette. Unlit. I wanted it, but I don't want it. I just want it. See, that's that's you doing the callback, and I, and so you do care about being here because you're bringing it. I care about being here. I'm just not thrilled. Uh, I'm not upset. I'm just sort of like me, somewhere uh, in Switzerland. Makes... About. Thank you, Hank, for coming. <laughs> just, you bet. It's here. Hank Azaria here on the Rich Eisen podcast. I want to thank Jason Bateman uh, again. See his movie, The Change Up, in theaters near you right now. I want to thank Al Michaels. Uh, I and I only had twenty some odd minutes with Al. And I hope he does come back, not just to talk about the throws mid-season of the National Football League, but also I, I want to ask him about the miracle on ice and calling all those World Series and just his general career. I don't know if you, you know, his first showbiz job was with Chuck Barris Productions, choosing women to appear on the dating game. <laughs> Got to ask Al about that. So hopefully uh, we'll see him soon. Um I want to alert you also, if you don't know, there's another podcast this week, basically focusing just on the Hall of Fame, leading up to the Hall of Fame, a superb conversation with Deion Sanders. His first appearance on the podcast, he hasn't done too many interviews leading up to the Hall of Fame either. So a prime Richard Dent, who's been sort of lost in the cracks of this lead up to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, certainly on our end of things, because we are focusing on our guys, Deion, Marshall Falk, Ed Sable, Uh, Richard Dent the MVP of the Chicago Bears lone Super Bowl win. Uh, he is on that podcast, and so is Joe Horgan, the VP of Communications and Exhibits of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you're curious at all about how much goes into putting this event on and how much blood, sweat, and tears comes from the good people of Canton, Ohio, and the surrounding areas, you have to listen to him. He's one of the best storytellers I've met in this business, and one of the good dudes who has been there and done that with the hall of fame. So two for the price of one and the price is free. So download them both NFL.com slash rich eyes. And want to thank Chris law who is putting both of these podcasts together. And Chris will be with me in Canton getting ready for next week's podcast. We're going to be interviewing as many gold jacket wearing guys as I could possibly put my hands on. Uh, so I want to thank him, uh, Sarah Yount at the, uh, the uh, controls of the sound is Mike Del Tufo and all his free stuff went to Canton early this week. And Joe Barrett putting together the television and video portions of the podcast. So download it all, and I will see you from Canton next week. Stay listening, friends. <laughs>